0: Before we start, I just want to let everybody know that this podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bars are back, baby! You get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get ten dollars off your next order. Use promo code Locked On for ten dollars off at builtbar.com. What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Tigers. I am your host, Chris Castellani. It is Monday, August. 31st, 2020. We got a whole lot to talk about today. A whole lot. We got to talk about what was a Detroit Tigers three game sweep of the Minnesota Twins over the weekend. One of the best series they've played in years, evening their record to 16 and 16. They are at 500 over 30 games, over halfway through. This 2020 season, which is, of course, 60 games because of the pandemic. Got to discuss that. I got to discuss what was, I, I didn't think, was a controversial tweet, but a tweet that blew up for something I said. It's been deleted, and I'll explain why I deleted it and uh, when I talk about that in the second segment. But first off, and I, I, got, a, I got a negative review on iTunes the other week. Uh, somebody said that they don't like it when I talk about things uh, that aren't baseball related. I think that's a bit short-sighted. You look at what's gone on in the world, what's happened throughout our world recently, has affected baseball, and anything that touches baseball, I'm going to talk about it. Sorry, that's fair game. My apologies, but I, I do want to bring up that uh, we lost an icon over the weekend, and this is a bit baseball related in, in a roundabout way. Chadwick Bozeman, the actor who played Black Panther and of course played Jackie Robinson and third, Good Marshall and James Brown, passed away on Friday at the age of 42 of colon cancer. I, I'm not going to cover this a bunch because I talked about it quite a bit. I made a YouTube video about it. Incredibly sad. The one thing I will say, just to bring it back around to baseball, watch 42 if you haven't already. He gives such a wonderful performance as Jackie Robinson. Such a nuanced, subtle performance I think it's it's really an awesome performance because very often in biopics especially biopics based on larger than life figures such as Jackie Robinson people love to go for Gusto they love to go for the Oscar and yet there's so many subtleties to his performance there's these moments where he he does hold back and I think that was genuine because that's who Jackie Robinson was as a guy once he got called up to the major leagues he was a guy who was forced to bite his tongue a whole lot Uh, a really special performer and you know they they did on ABC last night, and I'm I'm gonna try not to tear up talking about it. They did a special. They showed Black Panther on ABC last night. Awesome movie. I watched it, rewatched it last night. But they showed a, a tribute to him, and I, I, I wasn't able to get through it because it was very very sad. Seeing the the cast of the Avengers and many other people, but so many people who you view you know through the the prism of of being a moviegoer. As these larger-than-life people, these superheroes, the actual superheroes, seeing them vulnerable and emotional talking about their friend, it moved me. And I had to turn it off. I was I was very moved by it. So I think I speak for everyone at Locked On. I speak for the whole world. Rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman, a true movie icon. And even more importantly, a tremendous person. Sorry to bring the mood of the show down, but I did want to address that this guy was an icon and will forever be. So let's move on to baseball. The Detroit Tigers played a wonderful series over the weekend, a series that began mired in controversy as the Tigers and Twins mutually decided to uh, sit out a game or, you know, boycott a game in in protest of the, the shooting of Jacob Blake. And then on Friday, they had a doubleheader that got rained out, but they came back on Saturday with... Two seven-inning ball games in a doubleheader, won them both, and then yesterday won their game against the Twins in a one-run game. They won that one three to two. Let's start with game one. The first story to me, and and this is very important, and I know this will make a lot of Tigers fans happy. and It made me happy. Matt Boyd seems to knock on wood here have turned a corner. Now I I know there's a lot of people who are huge Matt Boyd fans who are saying, Yo, where are the haters at? Boyd is back. Ah, shut up. Uh, Matt Boyd has a 727 ERA right now. Like, I'm not going to canonize the guy because he's had two good starts. But I do think that if he continues to mix speeds, if he continues to throw all four of his pitches, then I think this is sustainable. Like, this is a guy, I've said this a million times, even when he was getting rocked, he's not incapable. Of pitching good baseball. He's not a bad pitcher. He has good stuff when he trusts his stuff. And over his last two starts, you've seen him mixing in more pitches. He's been throwing that changeup quite a bit. And I said this in my post game. and I, No one's really talked about it, but so I'll bring it up again here. Why? What took him so long? Because in spring training and in summer camp, he was mixing speeds. You saw him throwing a lot of changeups. And obviously... Spring training is an experimental period. I understand that. But even he was even doing it in summer camp when everyone was kind of supposed to be ready. I don't understand why he was so against doing that in his first couple starts this season. It didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. It makes me wonder if maybe there was an undisclosed injury that they weren't talking about. I mentioned this, maybe he had a finger blister or something that wasn't allowing him to get a good grip on that changeup. I don't know, but either way, Matt Boyd, a tremendous outing, six innings, four hits, two runs, only one earned, zero walks, and six strikeouts against a good lineup. A Tremendous outing by Matt Boyd. But offensively, he was outshined. I mean, 16 hits for the Tigers. You had a four-hit day for Victor Reyes. He was four for four with a run scored. Now, Victor Reyes, and I've talked about him on here before, a controversial figure in Detroit Tigers lore, a very controversial figure on Tigers Twitter. Look, there are many numbers that support that Victor Reyes' high average is probably not sustainable. This is not a guy who hits the ball particularly hard, one of the lowest exit velocities on average of any player in the major leagues. But when you look at what he's done, really over the last calendar year at this point, he's deserved the right to get an everyday spot in the lineup. Like, you look at somebody like Kristen Stewart, who I still believe, and I don't think he'll ever reach this upside, but I still believe probably has a higher ceiling than Victor Reyes. He hasn't put it together. He doesn't make hard contact. He's not a good hitter. He he hasn't hit for the power that everyone thought he would hit for. He's not a good defender. And then you have a guy in Victor Reyes who's just going out and getting the job done. Do I think he's an amazing player, this, this can't-miss player? No, but... As a fourth outfielder or even, you know, a, a third outfielder, a third option in the outfield near a bottom of the lineup, right now, I like, he's batting leadoff, I think, traditionally on a good team, he'd be a guy that you would put closer to the bottom. But, I don't know. I'm, like, I'm starting to like him more, really. I mean, I, I didn't like him in 2018 because he was awful, but I never disliked him as a guy. And I was like, all right, fine, he's a Rule 5 pick. Anything you get out of a Rule 5 pick is a win. Like, if, if you have a Rule 5 pick who stays in your organization for more than one year, that's a win. 95% of these guys amount to nothing. There's a reason why they've been in the minor leagues for five years. So a nice little development. It, it would be, admittedly, a huge step forward, something that could accelerate this rebuild if someone like Victor Reyes were to become a sustainable everyday player. So Tigers won that game, and then in Game 2, Tarek Skubal picked up his first Major League win. Five innings, three hits, two runs. Both of them earned no walks and two strikeouts beneficiary of some good luck, some hard-hit balls, Victor Reyes robbed a home run. But what you look for, and I've talked about this with him, I've talked about it with Mize, is stuff and adjustments. And it's undeniable that Tarek skuball has looked substantially better in each one of his starts so far this year, both in terms of results and in terms of stuff and in terms of, of pitch command as well. And um, even more importantly, pitch selection, throwing the right pitches and the right counts. He's looked a lot better, and that was a, a major step forward for him. First major league win. I'm uh, very happy to see that. Jamer Candelario and Miguel Cabrera each hit two run home runs that propelled the Tigers to a four-two victory on the second game Saturday. Uh, it's been over a month now and I I think maybe it's time we finally say that the Jamer Candelaria we're seeing right now is the Jamer Candelario we always knew existed but didn't think that we would see. And that's, again, much like Reyes being a sustainable player, that's a huge step forward. Like, that, this is a guy who the Tigers have been high on. I was high on. Like, I really liked that deal when they traded for him. And he'd been a disappointment here for his first two and a half years, and yet he stepped up so far this year. I don't know if it's completely sustainable, but the thing is, I, I thought Jamer was going to be a good ball player. I, I think once again, I all of a sudden, with the way he's been hitting, I'm kind of back on board. You know, I, w- I was done with the guy, and I, I'll admit, I was wrong. He has turned it around. That was stupid. Chris Castellani was a dum-dum for, for eulogizing the guy. I don't think he's going to be a guy with like a 900 career OPS, but when I saw him first get acquired here in 2017, I was like, this guy's going to be a good Major League ball player. You know, a guy who probably year in and year out is put up somewhere between like a two and a four war and just be a solid player. Never like a perennial all-star, but a guy you plug into your lineup and you know can produce for you. And over the last month, that's what he's looked like. Big time step forward. And of course, Miggy has been seeing the ball a lot better recently. I try not to get too excited because that's kind of the player he's been over the last several years. This guy who will get hot for a week or two and then he'll slump and come crashing back down to earth and you'll think he's completely done and then he'll he'll show he's got a little bit left in the tank you know hopefully he can he can sustain it for these last 28 games here i think it would it would uh, brighten A lot of Tigers fans' hearts uh, to see Miguel Cabrera really hitting again. Obviously, never getting to the point where he was, but at least, you know, if he could finish the year with an OPS at 800, that would be a massive step forward. That's what I said. The very first podcast I ever did here, I said Miguel Cabrera's baseline goal should be an 800 OPS. I don't care what the average is. I don't care how much he strikes out. 800 OPS, that's a successful season. So the Tigers won two. Scooby got his first win. And then yesterday... They won a three-two game in which Casey Mize pitched. Now I'm going to talk. I'm going to spend the entire second segment talking about Casey Mize and my thoughts on Casey Mize. So I'm going to I'm not going to not talk about it here. But all the other pitchers stepped up and looked great. Tyler Alexander, phenomenal. I mean, three and two thirds scoreless innings. He saved that game, won that game. And out of the pen as a reliever, that guy seems like he's a weapon. I don't know what it, like he just doesn't have. I think the velocity or the kind of stuff to be able to go five, six, seven innings as a starter, but Two, three innings as a reliever. This guy can be dynamic, and he's been very good out of the pen for them. Now, it was a 3-2 game. It was 3-2 thanks to what was a solo shot to put the Tigers in front by Jonathan Scope, whose average is now up to three oh three, and is, whose OPS is now up to eight seventy. But it was a one-run game. Nelly Cruz at the plate, and they brought in Joe Jimenez. And Joe Jimenez, for a brief second, reminded everyone why we were so excited about him for a while now. The ARA is still terrible, 11.7, and it it will be terrible for the rest of the year. Even if he throws nothing but blanks the rest of the way forward, it's still not going to be pretty. He's been god-awful. But you know there is still a good pitcher in there. There's still a solid Major League reliever. Probably not the the, uh, shutdown closer that we all hoped he would be, but there is still a guy in there who could be a solid major league pitcher. The pitches he threw to Cruz were phenomenal. And then Buck Farmer went 1-2-3 in the eighth. And then Gregory Soto came in and picked up his second major league save. Picked up his first the day before. His ERA is now down to 3 after a, a really poor, god-awful stretch in which he was rocked uh, primarily by the White Sox. It seems like he's turned it around. And that's very important for a young pitcher. He didn't, you know, let it get to him. He didn't spiral out of control. He stepped up. He's been very, very good. And looks like a guy who this team is hoping can be the the closer of the future here. And boy, oh boy, wouldn't that be wonderful to have a closer who can throw 100 miles per hour? It's about bleeping time. Now look, they're 16 and 16, 32 games into the season. And let's discuss this. Let's talk about this. This will be a long first segment. I don't care. Is this sustainable? Does this team have a shot at the postseason? Is going for it, quote unquote, and trying to make the postseason good for the future of the organization? Let's discuss 32 games in, they're 16 and 16. That is infinitely better than I ever thought they'd be. And especially after that nine game losing streak, I thought they were toast. I thought they were going to continue to spiral out of control, and this would be a team that would finish with a bottom five record in all of baseball. That won't happen. And right now, they're two games out of the final wild card spot right now, the eighth seed, so to speak. I know this is not the popular or polarizing opinion, but I'll, it's my opinion anyway. I'm indifferent about this. I understand the people who still want this team to stumble and get try to get another cornerstone piece in the draft. I do. I, I really understand that. And I, I'm not going to argue with anybody who wants that. I also get the people who want them to go for it and who hope this team can sneak into the playoffs. It'd be an amazing story. Everyone would be behind him. Everyone would be rooting for him. You have a team that lost 114 games in the postseason, you know, in a three-game series especially. Maybe they could pull an upset or two. It would be an amazing story. Even in the 60-game season, which is a fluke, it would be very cool. I'm not going to act like it wouldn't be. It's hard for me to be invested because I know that this team's success so far this year is kind of on accident. Now, they've had guys who have stepped up and played some really good baseball for them. I'm not going to act like they haven't. There's been some real pleasant surprises. And this team, even on their worst days, as I've said before, infinitely better than they were a season ago. I still believe, personally, there are glaring holes on this baseball team. I think they strike out too much. I think this bullpen, as solid as it's been... I don't think it's sustainable. Like, yeah, I think Soto will be all right, but we've seen Farmers struggle recently. We know Jimenez has been bad. Brian Garcia, as good as he's been, there's been there's a lot of uh, other numbers. You know, you look on Baseball Savant, this is a guy who's gotten away with some, some good luck. I don't know if that's sustainable. They don't have a good rotation. I mean, Turnbull it has been very good for this team. He's, I guess, their ace, and Boyd has been better lately, but we know he's also capable of getting blown up. And again, look, Maybe in a 16-team postseason, maybe all those criticisms, maybe they don't matter. Maybe they can still sneak into a postseason spot with all the problems I just laid out before you. I have a hard time believing it, and I'm going to have a hard time believing it until the very, very end. So I have a hard time believing that a team that was assembled to be bad is going to find a way to be good even in a 60-game campaign. Now, with, with each passing day, my belief that this team won't amount to anything is a belief that is slowly being shaken. And I give this team a lot of credit for it. Say what you will about Ron Gardenhire. His guys play for him. Like I, I think effort level's at an all-time high, which is something I questioned even during the awesomeness era. I think he has improved strategically as a manager, like how he puts together lineups, the way he uses the bullpen. I think he himself has taken steps forward this was a weird one this this series was a weird one this was the one where okay if they believe at all that they have a shot at this don't make any moves at the deadline don't do anything stupid like trade some of your best prospects you know to try to make a run at this but if you stand pat maybe because I you know they got off to that nine and five start and that was cool then they lost those nine in a row and I was thinking all right well here we go this is the beginning of the end or maybe just the end period Twins were in first place coming into this weekend. Now, I think the Twins are a team with some glaring issues as well. I know they believe in that rotation. I don't. And truthfully, I don't think that lineup is as good as I remember it being. Last year, I just remember it being absolute dynamite. It's it's not that great this year. It's good. Nelson Cruz is top 5-10 to 10 hitter in all of baseball. Always scary. Kepler's good. Sano's all right, but they got a lot of guys with with bad averages and poor OPSs. But even so, you know, they went with Dobnak, who's been, like, their best pitcher, or Maeda. has probably been their best guy, but they pitched their one and two, essentially, at least their two best pitchers so far this season. Tigers beat them both. Dobnak got rocked. I mean, he was pitiful. First time they'd swept the Twins in four years. Like, even in a 162-game season, that is an impressive Number, that's an impressive statistic. If the time comes, and we're deep into this, because I'm not going to be a believer until, like, 50 games in. I'm sorry, I just, I've been down this road before. I I, I am a a skeptic for this baseball team. But if down the road they're still in this, like, you're going to see me, like, really starting to carry water for this team. I want to believe, I do, I, I want to believe in this. I want to believe that they can m- make a run at the postseason. I want to believe that they can do it in a way that won't affect their future. The MLB is so stupid for not telling us what the draft is going to look like because I don't know what to root for. If it was, hey, we're basing it solely on the records of a 60-game season, I'd be like, well, pump the brakes. This team's not winning the World Series. But you hear about a lottery. You hear they're going to combine records from the last two years. If that's the case, then I'm all for rooting for them this season. They got a 114-loss head start. It doesn't matter. They'll get a top-five pick. I don't know. I, I, And that's dumb by Major League Baseball to do that. Incredibly stupid. I'm going to be skeptical until the very end. But I'm also going to give compliments when compliments are due. It's been a really incredible story so far this season. Even in a 162-game season, I did not think that they would be 500, even 32 games into the year. And I do have to give them credit for that. And at points, they have been surprisingly fun to watch. So that will do it for segment one. Probably the longest first segment we've ever done. When I come back, I will talk about Casey Mize, who struggled yesterday. We'll be right back. Can the Guinness Book of World Records give 2020 world's greatest delay of game? Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gives you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, and you can pause your account at any time. And there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash LockedOnMLB. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash LockedOnMLB. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. To an early morning breakfast burrito, to a 12-pack of beers while you watch the game, sometimes you just need what you need delivered fast, and that's where Postmates comes in. If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food, and that's why I love using Postmates. They deliver food from every restaurant I can think of right to my door. But Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier with grocery delivery and whatever I can think of delivery to. Convenience stores, clothing stores, you name it. So no more trips to the store, no more late night food runs. I don't even have to worry about where to grab lunch anymore. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. And For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use the code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON for $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. And we're back. All right, let's talk about mice. I sent out a tweet and I deleted this tweet. I'll tell you why I deleted this tweet because I was getting ratioed for it. People were blowing up at me. Uh, Tony Paul tweeted me and said it was a bad take, and I love Tony, but and that's fine. He's entitled to his opinion. Typical Twitter thing. You know, I posted these videos all weekend and have all year, and everyone said, oh, oh, Castellani's so great. He deserves a bigger following. I love him. He's amazing. Oh, God, I, I, I wish he would have my children. And then I post a, a tweet that people don't agree with, and they want me dead and want me to never make videos and just hate me. They hate me. They hate my guts. They hate everything I ever made. Nothing I've ever done will ever amount to anything. I'm terrible because I had an opinion. Casey Mize yesterday. Now you look at the final line, three innings, two hits, two runs, two walks, four strikeouts. Not the worst, right? Don't let that fool you. Casey Mize was awful yesterday. Casey Mize hit three batters. Casey Mize could not throw his fastball for strikes. Casey Mize could not throw his splitter for strikes. He was bouncing pitches. He threw, even when he wasn't hitting people, he bounced a splitter off the dirt and behind the back of Marwin Gonzalez. He was very bad. Now, I sent out a tweet, once again, since deleted, that said it was a bad outing. A guy who was known for having impeccable command in the minor leagues had awful command yesterday. To me, the honeymoon phase is over. He's got to start making adjustments. Now, what I mean by that, and I th- I thought that was pretty straightforward. I did, but I, I guess I, I should have explained it more. And I will, I will say this for the millionth time. I love Casey Mize think Casey Mize is going to be a great pitcher here. Is it a little bit weird that you see all these young pitchers for other teams get called up and produce right away while Tigers starters are having trouble going three innings? Yeah, yeah, a little bit, but at the same time, that's not all Mize's fault. I brought up last time, this is an organization that doesn't necessarily put these guys in positions to succeed. So while Tristan McKenzie is striking out 10 for the Indians, he's put in a better position than somebody like Mize. I get that. I understand that. I think he's going to be great. I think he'll be an all-star caliber pitcher here. I think he'll develop into an an amazing weapon. I think we'll get to a point where when Casey Mize is pitching, everyone's going to say, hey, man, get to your TVs. Number number 12 is on the mound. I I look forward to, to seeing him grow here as a pitcher. I hope he brings a championship to Detroit. I think he's a wonderful guy. He said all the right things. He was great in the minors. That does not mean to me that he is immune to criticism, and it does not mean to me that I have to sit in my lazy boy chair with my eyes glazed over, amazed by the fact that he's here. Like, yes, it's cool he's here. I'm glad he's here. I want him to be here. He deserves to be here. He's earned the right to be here. But that doesn't mean you can't call him out when his crap stinks. He had a bad outing yesterday. He had a bad outing against the Cubs. And it is three starts into his major league career. I'm not panicking, but I've always abided by this principle. You pitch well, you do good things, you have good results, I will say nice things about you. If you pitch poorly, if you have bad results, if you lose games, I will probably say not-so-nice things. Doesn't mean I it has any impact on how I feel about him as a person. It doesn't mean I it has any impact on how I feel about his ceiling or or the type of pitcher he's going to develop into. But I think we're, we're actually hurting Casey Mize's development by just saying everything's all sunshine and rainbows when a guy who is a strike-throwing machine in the minor leagues hits three batters in three innings. I might be way off base here. And this could be one of those takes I look back on several, even several weeks from now and say this was wrong. Been a been a long weekend. It's been a tough year, right? I, I maybe sometimes your just head isn't there. you're you're not doing great mentally, and sometimes you just say stuff that you look back on and say that was stupid. I, I'm as guilty of this as anyone, but I don't know. I was surprised by the amount of people who thought that I was an idiot for saying that. It was a bad outing. He'll have many good outings. One of these days, he'll have a great outing. Schooball took a big step forward. Got his first major league win on Saturday. I hold Mize to a higher ceiling than I hold Scooble. I I thought three starts into his major league career, he would have gone five innings by now. Now he's faced three good lineups. White Sox, to me, have the best lineup in the American League. The Twins, while I don't think are as good of a lineup as they were last year and have some guys struggling, still a good lineup. Casey Mize, he's had a weird year, just as weird a year as everyone else has. Didn't pitch in A, right? He couldn't. Threw a couple games down the taxi squad in Toledo and then got called up. Maybe that hurts him. Maybe that stunts his growth. I don't know. Didn't seem to bother Tristan McKenzie. Hasn't seemed to bother some of the young rookie bats. Didn't bother Kyle Lewis for the Mariners. But hey, you know what? Lucas Giolito in his first year in the major leagues was the worst pitcher in baseball. Guess what? Two years later, that dude is a bona fide stud. Just threw a no-hitter as a 16-inning scoreless streak going. I said from the beginning, and this is why I I get mad when people jump on me. It's like if you pay attention to my my tweets and my social media feed, I'm pretty darn consistent with this take in saying that I knew these guys right away weren't going to get called up and throw six scoreless every time out. I understand that. They're going to take it on the chin a little bit. Could not find the zone yesterday. He was very bad, and I will criticize him for his bad outing. I think he will be wonderful. I think he's going to be great. And one of these days, much like Michael Fulmer did, when he had that great start against the Rays and just took off, I bet Mize will have a great start and will just take off from there. He, once he hits the ground, he's going to hit the ground running. But he was bad yesterday. If it was, and this is the last point I'll make, because I know this has already been a long podcast. The last point I'll make is that if it was just he was leaving some pitches over the plate that were getting crushed, that's you could fix that. That's what, that's what was happening with Scooball his first two starts, and even in his third start as well. A, a bit fastball heavy. Got behind in some counts, left some pitches over the plate. Stuff wasn't the issue. You can fix that. That's fixable. It's surprising to me and frustrating to me that a guy who was lauded for having maybe the best command of any pitcher in the minor leagues was bouncing splitters 30 feet in front of home plate. That was a bit strange to me. Maybe, again, I don't know. I I feel like there's really something I'm missing here because that, that take I had was almost universally panned. And I'm kind of confused. You know, I sometimes I see things in black and white. I try not to. That That's an autism spectrum thing. I, I have trouble kind of reading that gray area. So maybe I'm missing something. But to me, it was a bad start. I think he'll grow from it. I think he'll learn from it. But three starts in, he hasn't gone more than four and a third. I'd like to see him go a little bit deeper. Scooball did. I think it's time for him to step up a little bit. And I think he will because his stuff is excellent. And he's got a good demeanor, and the command outside of yesterday is typically very good for him. He'll grow. I expect him to. I have no reason to believe Casey Mize is going to be anything other than a wonderful pitcher in Detroit. But he was bad yesterday. All right, I'm rambling. now. I'm repeating myself. That will do it for maybe the longest show we've ever done. I think you can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C A S T E L L A N I two o one four. You can follow this show on Twitter at locked on tigers while you're at it go to apple podcast go to itunes leave a positive review of this show it would be much much appreciated and of course you can subscribe to my youtube channel you'll find the link to that on my twitter bio my personal twitter bio please subscribe there we're over a thousand just uh, had a few uploads that i was pretty proud of that i thought turned out pretty well and uh, i hope please subscribe to that for more movie reviews here pretty soon thank you very much for listening have a great rest of your day and go tigers